Hello. So on this YouTube channel, I have uh, always had the pleasure of having very dynamic people. So today I have Swati Dalal. Now, what makes uh, Swati's profile very unique? There are many reasons to that. So two primary reasons why I pulled her on this show was that uh, one, she's done a double MBA. So one from MDI Gurgaon in India. So she's an eco-honors from Delhi who did MDI Gurgaon and then uh, became a TAS officer. So Tata Administrative Services is like the de, -creme, uh, de la creme of the Tata group. And that was not enough. She went for the second MBA from IMD Switzerland. And now she is well-placed in Genpack. So that's like a quite a journey, you know, MDI Gurgaon, TAS, and then IMD Switzerland. So welcome to the show, Swati. And uh, we would like to have your career conversations, uh, uh, your career transitions here. So first of all, you know, before we plunge into the MBA journeys uh, because of this double MBA, yeah. please tell us about your schooling, your college, where did you grow up, your siblings, parents? So I, I was born and brought up in Delhi. In fact, for first 22 years of my life, I stayed in Delhi. I did my graduation from Delhi University. I did my MBA from Gurgaon, which is not too far from my house. Um, completely life-centered over there. I have two siblings, an elder sister and a younger brother. They were both growing up with me in Delhi. Now they're settled in the US. And uh, that's, that's just a very brief snapshot, yeah. Okay, so what was the motivation for your first MBA at MDI? And what was that experience? Um, so the first motivation, I'll be very candid here and be very honest over here. I was doing my economics from Delhi University and uh, uh, I didn't know better, you know, to be, to be honest with you. The only two career paths in front of me were that either I get placed in one of the consultancies like UIT or Aon at that time was a different company or one of these financial KPMG, Amex, etc. and become an analyst over there. It was a very low paying job and very hard working job. You work for long, long, long hours for those of you who've done it. And um, the... It, it, the, it didn't seem like a career which I wanted to have. And on the other hand, there was CAT. You prepare, you give. If you are lucky enough, you'll get a good score and you might end up in a good business school. Also, this was 2007, right? 2006, 2007. So economy was booming. Everywhere in the newspapers, you could read about the great placements that were happening from IMs. And, you know, this was, this was like the pinnacle of Indian economy at that point in time. So extremely, um, you know, with stars in my eyes, extremely glamorized by all I used to read in business standard and everything, I decided to do an MBA right after my graduation. And then how was that experience, the two years at MDI Gurgaon? Um, fun experience, I would say. Uh, one is that this was the first time, like I said, I was born and brought up in Delhi. So this was the first multicultural uh, experience I was getting, even in the set context of India. I had not met people outside Delhi much. My circle was very limited. I had not seen much of the world. So I saw so many people coming from different parts of the country and bringing in so many different experiences. It really broadened my view of what is possible. To be honest, I was, I was probably 20, 21 when I started my program um, at MDI and I, I didn't know anything about corporate world. I didn't know anything about what is banking, what is FMCG, what is industry, absolute zero knowledge. And everything that I got to know about how to shape my career happened during MDI. So great experience, of course. And then uh, you joined Tata Steel in the marketing vertical. Right. So uh, you spent like what, uh, 
two, three years. I there. spent a couple of years there. Yeah, I think into... Tata Steel is. Uh, you've been there, so you know it's like this. Uh, this fantastic organization, and I still I think it's one of the best organizations I've worked for. I have great respect. It's an institution. Um, uh, again, when I joined Tata Steel and um, uh, in my interview itself, I had no idea what is steel. I have no, I had like zero idea what I'm going to do, but uh, just meeting the seniors and talking to them. And I was literally a kid over there. So I can say that the two years I spent at Tata Steel, I literally grew up. It was my first corporate experience and so much faith and so much um, resources were put into me by the organization to train me, to develop me, to make me understand how to work in a corporate, what it entails, what is sales, what is marketing. Great experience, um, great organization. I was there in Jamshedpur for some time and then I moved to Delhi, back to Delhi um, and throughout in sales and account management. Yeah. Steel marketing is quite different from, uh, let's say, FMCG market where you yeah. move into the rural hinterland. So it's like a city yeah. job. And yeah. uh, so you yeah. are marketing like flat products, long products. Um, no, no, actually. So I came um, because I had an interest in um, in more in Gajuba products when I had joined. When I started my career with Tata Steel, they were trying to set up a rural distribution channel for some of their agricultural and... Oh, Agrico, um, Tata Agrico. Yeah, yeah, Agrico as well as their wire division. So I was working with Sunil Bhaskaran at that time. And um, it was, it was uh, it, my entire role for one year was centered around setting up this distribution network and Odisha, Jharkhand, Bihar. So, you know, a lot of travel into deep hinterlands of the country. Ooh, uh, and it was it was a very interesting experience because like I said, I'd never left Delhi. I'd not seen the world. And this really brought me up close and personal with what is real India. I'd never seen East India before. And that one year in Jamshedpur was excellent learning. It was, it was more like a project-based um, experience. And then eventually I moved to flat products after a year or so in Delhi. So, and that was... Pure B2B, yeah. And Tata Steel flat product sells like hotcakes. So Yeah, this is 2010. So I wouldn't say that we were like uh, still reeling from depression. There was a lot of pressure on the system as well. But what, what I would say about flat products is because it's such a mature organization and it is such a um, robust organization, the learnings that you get on lean processes, you know, all those JQM ways of working, Deming, et cetera, and how you actually apply it on the ground, that is immense in flat products. You can't learn it anywhere else. Wow. And then uh, you, a uh, lot of the audience would not be knowing about this staff in-house process. Uh, so yeah. just for the uninitiated, like if you are an employee in Tata, group any of the entities for two years right yeah and you clear the gmat then uh, this prestigious tata administrative services tas as they call which otherwise recruits only from top tier b schools as an employee of the tata group you can apply for this in-house process so how was that experience swati of uh, getting into tas through the in-house process yeah, yeah. so I, I would say that tas um uh, was an aspiration, obviously, like most people in Tata Group, you see it as officers, you see the kind of opportunities they get. So it was an aspiration. Uh, however, it was something that I, because it's such a long journey, it's not something that you can, you know, you can completely dedicate yourself to for eight months and not do your job. 
so for me it was um, it was an option it was it was an upgrade into what i was doing and what i was lucky with and what i would recommend a lot of people who are going through this route is and you and i spoke a lot at that point in time is network extensively with people within the task world right because um the process is pretty simplistic you give your gmat if you have a certain kind of score you can apply there's a long application form which you have to hand write i it's just i don't know if they still do that um and then there are rounds of group discussions there are presentations there are interviews there are multiple rounds it's very holistic process which lasts for months all together i think it starts sometime in september october and it goes on till march um, of the following year so it's a long process it's a long drawn process um but most important thing is that the everybody is more than willing to help within the task network so reaching out to as many task people as possible reaching out to as many senior managers for help i remember that even within tata steel i had gone to so many top managers all the vps and who not and i was completely shameless about it i would say i'm applying for task and i need your help can you take a mock interview can you please read my application can i do a you know can i do a round up with you i was completely shameless about it and i don't know how many people i went to in that process so it was a and and finally it happened yeah there was a lot of sweat and blood that went into tas as well along yeah, with yeah, your full time job into the flat yes. process you were but again uh, it's it depends on your team also right i had a super supporting boss i had a, and he was more happy than i was when i got into tas at that point in time so it also really depends on the people you're working with yeah because otherwise that insecure boss the moment he senses that you're appearing yeah. for tas so he might make life very difficult for you yeah which hopefully doesn't always happen in tata group right you it's there's a huge nurturing culture people always want you to do better for yourself and learn within the group so uh, at least that was my experience with tata steel which was fantastic yeah so then tell us about uh, more about tas you know uh, tas uh, took you through myriad uh, tata group companies yeah. uh, which was the best in as i read through your linkedin profile tata auto comp uh, tata tele services tata power dorabji tata trust tata trend so like you seen so yeah. many retail power auto telecom then ngo so you know what would be your memories from tas and how is tas very different from a normal tata group employee huge difference so first of all there is a huge difference i've experienced both i was with tata steel as a tata steel employee and then as a group resource um within within the tas umbrella uh again i would say the first and the biggest difference is the kind of opportunities that you will get right on um, the kind of doors that open up for you if you are a task person and uh, the program is structured in a way it is obviously a legacy program it has huge amount of support within the group and the kind of doors it opens up for you is just amazing so just by the virtue of opportunities that you get for me personally i think many since were special and i was also like most task managers i was also looking for something specific that's why i took up those stints right so um for example my stint with tata power was because i wanted a core strategy and corporate development experience and there is no team better than tata power strategy 
team and corporate development team because of the nature of mergers and acquisitions that happen over there, the kind of proposals that they evaluate. So I took up that stint for a reason, right? But besides the shorter stints, which were which happened during the first year of uh, TAS, which are just three month stints, in the longer term stints, I was with Taj and I was with Trent, and uh, both of them are very different organizations, and um, uh, both of them come with their own ups and um, good parts and not so good parts. Uh, I would like to talk about Taj over here because I spent a lot of time with Taj and why I stuck with Taj for four years. And that is um, that company is an institution, you know, when you're working with Taj, much like Tata Steel and uh, much like many other, it has a very unique DNA to it. That people who are working over there are working because of their absolute love for what they do, you know, which you don't see in many industries. Hospitality is not the most highest paying industry. So you come across people who are working for passion for what they're doing. And that I think um, really inspired me. I met some amazing people over there during my journey in Taj. And uh, I, I think that was a great experience. And uh, do task officers eventually become MDs? Like that's the unwritten rule. Uh... No, no, no. There's nothing like that. I wouldn't say that. I would not say that you should read. Uh, um, uh, I, I don't. I don't buy that view. I think it opens up. So historically, that has been yeah, obviously. So, people... so um, I think. I think uh, we're all living in times and uh, where companies are going through constant evolution, right? So even you as an employee, you have to constantly keep on re-innovating yourself, reinventing yourself to upgrade your skills. And you can't rely on just one badge. TAS is a badge and it definitely gets you into the room. But what you do in the room is completely for you, up to you, right? So uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that it's it's a kind of program that oh you're you're going to be an md and it's written down there's no such yeah rule. because that's often a perception that i when i went to i am Ahmedabad later yeah. i saw people that yeah. task means that like 20 years down the line you're going to become a cxo in a tata group company for sure which which is why you also see a lot of task managers leaving after the first couple of years of tasks right because um the program like i said will give you provide you an opportunity what you do with the opportunity is completely your own doing so when i joined taj i joined a specific team and i got that opportunity because i came from task cohort and that team was extensive that was an all task team like you know th th there were some seven eight people in the team and they were except the um, who except the head of the team who came from a banking background the entire team was a task team. Nobody is going to wake up and ask you every day, oh, you're tasked, so you should, you know, you should be growing. So yeah, that doesn't happen. Nobody really cares after when and you do your job and you perform, so you get promoted. Yeah, that's a more rational view, no? Because otherwise that kind of view which people have on these schools is, it kind of jeopardizes their interview process because you kind of become so stressed that task is yeah, so yeah. big, you kind of freak out in the interview process. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's in fact, in fact, I would say that it is one of the most balanced programs because you don't really start at a, you know, GM level or VP level. You start at a manager, senior manager level, and then you, you know, you make your way upwards. Um, what, so, so just to give you examples of what TAS does for you, uh, I, uh, say I, I was with Taj for four years and after four years, I felt that, okay, I've pretty much done everything I wanted to do in that role. And now I'm ready for my next step, you know. And also I wanted to leverage the program, see a couple of more industries, etc. So I decided that I should move out of Taj and see probably a few more companies. 
and at that point in time what the this is what the program is that uh, in in a normal as a tata steel employee i would probably not be able to go to a tata power or a voltas or a trent or a taj saying that now you give me a job right uh. which happens in the case of tas that if you reach out to your network within tas and i would not even tas office is super helpful they would provide you a lot of opportunities but the network of tas is so strong that when you reach out to those people they would open up doors for you within a matter of days like you know you you have you'll make a few calls and they'll be like oh there's an opening here why don't you look at this why don't you come over here i can introduce you to xyz it's it's a it's a very 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 robust process yeah so it's like you know the, the network access that you have is like quite demanding uh, means quite yeah. uh, helpful that way yeah all right so then what was uh, so you well settled in tas your husband shetesh was also a tas officer both in bombay doing well so you were uh, in the last stint in trend uh, and shetesh was also in tata motors yeah yeah so then both well set life then suddenly first uh, shetesh went for an mba you took a one year sabbatical yeah. and then you went for an mba and that also from one of the most beautiful places in the world switzerland yeah imd switzerland so this was a major career transition uh, swati right. so right. tell us more about that so i think um, it was first of all it was not an easy decision it was a very hard decision um, it took us many 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 months to take this decision uh we were both uh, my husband and i we were both in middle management roles and we were both doing fairly well on our career paths and he was a gm i was heading a small team and we were on that path that if we would have continued then things would have been good for us within tata group as well um however we both have we both big travelers we love traveling and going to newer places and um, we also uh have a lot of friends within tas umbrella right and this is not something first of all i'll make it clear that this is not something unique that we did we had many inspirations from the tas circle uh, who we followed in our path to do a second mba doing a second mba is is quite common within tas circles and we have lots of friends who went to harvard booth chicago oxford stanford etc before we took this call and we'd seen their journeys they were extremely inspirational people who spent 5 7 years within tas got some solid experience and then they moved to different um, you know opportunities outside um however when we started we were not thinking about any of this when we started it started more like that um, okay if we have to if we have to sort of find a better life for ourselves outside of bombay and uh, you've been with tata group so i'm it's it's a very global group it's a very um well spread out group however the power center is bombay right the heart is in bombay so uh, you keep on coming back to bombay no matter how far you go so um and we were at this we, i have a young daughter she was i think two two and a half at that point in time and we we were having these um, thoughts that you know is there somewhere we can have a better life for her is there somewhere we can have a better balance what do we do next how do we get out of this bombay busy life and everything we were kind of getting tired of that and that was the basic uh, and then you see stories of so many people who went to harvard stanford blah 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 and you get inspired so that was the starting point of the story however we not fully decided whether we were going to leave tata group and go for good or we'll just take a break and live you know get an experience and sort of take a sabbatical for a little while and then come back we we not taken that call at that point in time 
especially when shitish decided to do it so when shitish decided to do it we were like let's just take one year of break and he would do his uh, mba from imd imd because um, one it was extremely well aligned with his experience it's a school known for um, industry um, you know placements in industries very good connects with european manufacturing industries shitish had that kind of strong background with motors um, very 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 strong emphasis on leadership so what you see is uh, the average age is 30 plus so you have a lot of people within 30 to 35 bracket coming over there for their mbas they, so it was it was it was a very good fit from the point of view where we were in our career the kind of profile imd attracts and that kind of future prospects that imd creates right so that was that was the reason for him to look at imd it helped it was obviously a huge plus that it was switzerland because um we were also very cognizant about that fact we had looked at ncr but ncr is um is in fontainebleau and fontainebleau is a very small city um almost like a french village i haven't gone there but that's what i've heard uh, and then if amaya had to move then we didn't want it to be a place where there's not proper schooling or you know other things become an issue we wanted a city which was reasonably safe and big enough but not too big to become difficult to live in yeah so there were a lot of factors we weighed in for months we were making these weighted average charts of what makes sense and finally he zeroed down on imd and i think that was one of the only schools he applied to and he got it and i had not decided by then what i am going to do so he um, he started his program and i was still in bombay at that point in time but once i visited lausanne it's such a beautiful city it is it has such a calming effect and i could see amaya over there completely like blending into the city so i decided to take a sabbatical and join shipage for 8 to 10 months and the idea was that once his program gets so well, maybe we'll both come back and join bombay we would have got a nice break and everything but as he started experiencing program it really changed his perspective and he got super super into it and he was like this is excellent and the kind of opportunities i can get out of this are fantastic so you should apply as well he he was he was the person who actually motivated me to do it and and even then we didn't know what we'll do and this is this i'm telling because that's life you know you can't plan this is how life goes on and i think it's important to know that that nothing gets planned in advance so i applied i gave i i took my gmat i got into imd i had an admit and now i'm waiting that you know do we stay are we going back should i join next year not join um so finally we decided okay i join and then his next step started which means that he has to find a job here because he can't look at germany he can't look at uk he can't look at anything else he has to stay here so that's that's the starting point yeah so then he got a job in honeywell you started yeah. uh, <coughs> imd now in terms of uh, this a uh, second mba uh, so was it like you know a deja vu kind of an experience that your professor comes and teaches stuff in the classroom and you are like okay we already read this so because i have actually not done a second mba but i have heard that this has actually gone uh, become quite now trendy as you were also saying that of your task friends yeah. are doing it yeah. so in the second mba like you know how is that uh, is there a sense of deja vu sets in that you know i have already gone through then been there done that kind yeah. of a thing and how is it different um i i don't i can't speak for others i'll speak for myself yeah, yeah. i did my first mba from 2007 to 2009 i graduated in early 2009 facebook had just started in india at that point in time so you can imagine where the world was right and today it is one of the leading billions and billions of dollars of organization right amazon was not even in india 
when I had done my first MBA, right? So the point I'm trying to make is that world has changed at such a fast pace in such strategic and critical ways in last 10 years that to think that what I learned 10 years ago would be relevant now in itself is, is not true, right? It's, it's completely, what I, what I learned in that MBA, in my MBA with MDI was extremely useful for the job I did the next year or maybe the next to next year. The, the realm of my knowledge shifted significantly once I moved into the task circle. And then people have to upgrade themselves, right? You can do it through executive education courses. You could do it through trainings. You could do it through many different ways but you have to do it and and hence when I went into my MBA program this year and I was expecting exactly the same I thought it would be the same rundown you know fundas which I had done in MDI there was a repetition maybe about 10% I would be honest in accounting and finance some of the basics which CAP model has been same since 1960s it will still be the same so you know those things will not change um, time value of money will not change it will still remain the same so those things obviously remain the same however how you apply that knowledge has changed significantly in last 10 years um, how, how most of the content is dig digital there was a huge part of the course which focused upon digital technologies upon digital uh, applications upon innovations etc design thinking i had not even heard of design thinking in my first mba you know we have we have such a huge module on design thinking now agile thinking agile way of working all these all these concepts have come up in last 5 7 years which are now defining how we work so no matter which education program you do it will upgrade you and then the second big difference is between an international mba and an MBA within India and I'm sure I'm sure in India also things must have changed in the last 10 years but for me as a person who had worked in India all my life it was a huge exposure yeah like you know it I had never in my life worked with people coming from 40 50 different nationalities so many different cultures you it really broadens your mind it really you know provokes a lot of thinking of how limited your entire world was and uh, i think that is a precious experience oh absolutely it's like you really i'm now looking forward to like being there and kind of visualizing <laughs> that so you're studying in within the beauty of switzerland so that's right. one advantage and then nationalities 50 nationalities and the so one thing is that about the european mba is that they don't offer you campus placements and mm -hmm. the cost is kind of phenomenally high. Uh, so how does that stack up, you know, in terms of IMD, like how was that ROI, if you were to look at just some numbers, yeah. what's the cost, uh, the fees, the extra living expenses, and then what kind of placements do people get in? Are there difficulties because the college, yeah. so because in India, it's like, you know, day one, day zero, day two, day three, yeah, and it's yeah, set. Yeah. So uh, first of all, it's not true that there are no campus placements. There are campus placements. However, it is not structured the way it is structured in India. So you would not have a day zero, day one, day two. There's no concept like that. Um, companies which have long lasting relationships with institutes, they come for uh, presentations, then they will come for first round of interviews. Usually final rounds will take place at their premises. Um, it's not three day process. It is usually a three month process. So, you know, uh, it, it has its own flow. Um, however, B-Schools play a very, very critical role in getting companies on campus, 
in making sure you're connected to the companies and uh, aligning and assisting that process yeah so uh, it's not it's not true that uh, there that you're on your own and now you go and find your job it doesn't happen like that oh, okay. uh, i got a i got a job from imd recruitment teams help my husband got a job with imd recruitment teams help so um, there are more and many companies which are there in fact imd is still a niche school it's a smaller school if you go to ncr harvard stanford there are big 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 processes like you know mckenzie bcgs and all they say that you know they take people in truck loads so it's not uh, it's 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 not true that campus placements are not there they are there however there is no um, the kind of uh, even in india p schools don't provide you an assurance that you will get a job or they, they there's no job guarantee however there's a lot more um, emphasis on making sure everybody gets placed within those 3 days within those 4 days which is not the case here so you know for example just to give you an illustration um, imd uh, had placed i i graduated in december and of a batch of 90 almost say 60 people had jobs in hand by the time we graduated 30 still didn't have jobs in hand um which means which doesn't mean that now they're on their own the recruitment office will keep on providing them service and will pro- keep on providing them network and connections for you know for as long as it takes but there is a lot of individual effort which is required as well also there's no spoon feeding in these colleges ha huh? so for example if when i was running on a genpact process okay imd connected me to genpact hello genpact here is a candidate now it is for you your visas your interviews how you schedule them how you schedule your travel you have to go to london you have to make the calls that's all for you to do and that is also the expectation right if you are a 30 someone person who's aspiring for a fairly senior position then you should be able to do it as well and that's the expectation There is no concept of placecom like uh, that placecom does a lot of scheduling. There, there's nothing student run over here. Usually, you would have professionals who come from a recruitment background. side or okay. background. Yeah, and you would have a team, a recruitment team for sure, um, which you can say campus recruitment office. So there are different names in different colleges, but it's a cell. Depending on the size of the batch, it could it could be a cell of say twenty, thirty, forty people, which happens in some of the bigger American B schools, or it could be just three to four people for smaller batches. But they're not they're not students. They're full time employees of the institute who help you with connections. And in terms of numbers, in terms of like cost return, uh, how does that maths work out? again it's it's very different for different people depending on the geography you get a job in depending on um, on and and you would if you go through these b school reports you would have that imd usually says that you know you you recover your cost within 2 years stanford would say that you recover within 3 years somebody else would say within 5 years all those numbers are there uh, but i would a very very broad um maths for me is that uh, if you are if you uh if you get a reasonably good job out of these schools the kind that is expected then i think you should be able to recover the cost of your mba through your savings within 2 to 3 years easily what the kind of cost like uh, 85000 dollars uh, yeah so for imd it is 85000 chf for the fees and then there are living expenses say about uh, 20 to 30000 of uh, and you get a student loan so, Yes, 
you can apply for student loans. There are many different, and this I would want to talk about this a little bit because people in India are extremely skeptical about loans usually. Yeah. There are many, many, many um, crowdfunding platforms available today, which provide collateral free loans to students at fairly good interest rates. So um, one of the most popular ones Prodigy. is Prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah, Prodigy. Prodigy is extremely easy. It takes like, it's a matter of hours once you have an admit to get a loan from Prodigy. It is obviously collateral free. Prodigy interest rates are usually high. They're into, in the bracket of say nine to 10%. Uh, however, if you do enough research, you would find specific to different countries. There are many of them which provide you very attractive uh, interest rates as well. Okay, but there is one catch there that let's say uh, if you take a loan from Prodigy, it's denominated in uh, dollars only dollars. or Swiss yeah. francs. So that yeah. uh, rupee depreciation. So if you were to come back to India, you get a big hit on that devaluation. If you were to come back to India, you have many things to worry about, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when when Chitiz and I had done this calculation, we were like, if we come go back to India, we're anyways pretty ruined. So, so yeah, so that uh, that dollar depreciation, yes, it hits you. Because I had interviewed recently two people from who did their MBA from IE Business School and eventually had to come back to India. So both of them eventually were happy that they had taken a rupee denominated debt. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so see if you if if you can find a collateral free loan or if you have a collateral if you have a collateral or you can find a collateral free loan in India then definitely go for that. Don't go for Prodigy because Prodigy interest rates are also high, and uh, it's obviously dollar denominated. And uh, like, how's your life uh, now at Genpact uh, in terms of after two MBAs, you are like super, super well-versed with the principles of management. People look up to um, you. It's a very new industry for me, first of all. It's just been one month since I started and um, this entire um, business process management and Genpact is ha having its own journey. It's moving towards digitalized services now and there's a lot of focus on digital within the company um, and it's a super new industry for me so I'm, I'm completely back to school to be honest I'm learning as I'm going along every single day brings a lot of learning and uh, it's like doing another MBA in itself because of the amounts of trainings that I'm having to undertake and the amounts of um, you know things I'm having to do for Genpact at this point in time however I think with all the experience that I have accumulated over years, what it does help me substantially is that one, you don't really get bogged down by stress too much. Like, you know, you know how to manage your work life or you know how to manage projects and stress after working for such a long time. And two, you, you, you develop very strong processes of uh, adapting to change, right? So uh, because I've changed industries so many times, so I have my own internal process of how I'm going to deal with a new industry this time. And that is super helpful with, with Genpact right now. Now, if you were to rewind life and maybe, you know, take a decision way back in 2006-7 again. Yeah. So what would have you done differently in the last one and a half decades or so? Um, I think uh, I would have spent less time with TAS. I spent about eight years with TAS. I would have probably cut it down to six. Um, because, you know. Okay. Uh, because I think uh, every every step was critical. If I wouldn't have done MDI, I wouldn't have got gotten into Tata Steel, wouldn't have gotten into TAS. If I wouldn't have gotten into TAS, I wouldn't have got the experience that got me to IMD and then to Genpact, right? Um, so everything led to something else. So you cannot really remove any steps in between. Um, but you, I could have optimized 
time around certain steps and i could have definitely optimized my time around the time i spent around tasks uh, because there's a learning curve right after a point you're getting diminishing returns so uh, you 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 have to find for yourself when is that optimum time when you reach that Absolutely. peak and that's the point you move to the next step i'm swati any regrets in your career journey i don't think uh, same same i no no regrets but same i think i could have uh, optimized a little more time i got a, i got probably you know task has such a it's it's such a heady process like it really makes you feel so good about yourself and the opportunities you're getting are so exciting and on a daily basis your life is so cool that you sometimes lose the larger perspective so only regret is that uh, i opened up my vision to larger opportunities and bigger world later than i should have so some uh, just quick questions on the personal life your daughter is now learning french she's fluent in french now yes she's fluent in french what's yes, her age now? she's been she's 5 now so once she we moved to lausanne she was 3 at that time and she started her school she we sent her to a public school here and uh, it was completely french speaking so she had no option but to learn so within a year she became fluent and uh, she's she's quite good now oh amazing and what's your fitness mantra um just running around her yelling at her making her do <laughs> things which she doesn't want to do <laughs> yeah i think uh, yeah i tell my wife also to do some fitness and she says you got two daughters and they make me run around yeah that's it up yeah that's it up that's <laughs> the only thing and surviving in general <laughs> <laughs> all right so thank you so much uh, uh, swati for being on the show any last word of advice to people who be watching uh, this think big think big always think big like the biggest you can i still think i feel i think small so think big all right that is something which is very good thank you so much uh, swati for sparing your time for this show and uh, it's been an amazing pleasure uh, thanks thanks thank you thank you thanks, thanks anurag thanks